AJ Jones. Yes. <laughs> How are you, cuteness? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. And yourself? I'm fantastic. Tell me the highlight of your week. The highlight of my week has been certain visitors that we've had. Yeah, we have had, if you were listening last week, you already know that we've had Ben and Sarah Jackson mm -hmm. all the way from Toronto. Yes. But they hail further than Toronto. They hail from Bath. Well, only one of them does. Well, he's kind of from Bath. It's true. It's close to Bath. No one's ever heard of Shaftesbury. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Shaftesbury people. <laughs> and thus you've just incited a riot from our Shaftesbury listeners. So it's it's like some sort of step cousin. Yes. They were both in town. Sarah's teaching on the school. Mm -hmm. And then they stayed on for a week to have yes. vacation, which was wonderful. Yes. Which, when people are on vacation... I'd like to say that they cause us to stumble and eat food we wouldn't normally eat, but let's be honest, we eat the same food all the time. I don't. I, come on. I don't. Seriously, you never have coffee from Honest Roasters. You I have never coffee. Have, you I don't never have, have acai bowls. I don't have the cronuts. You, cronuts. You always have the cronuts. You're smoking dope. I do not. <laughs> I would like to clarify that <laughs> I do not smoke dope. I have the acai bowls. Mm -hmm. I have the coffee, but I've been very good to not have the donuts. Okay. Cronuts. You, oh, sorry, Cronuts. Well, I actually can't call them Cronuts because Cronuts is a registered trademark. Well, so whatever they are. 100 layer donuts. 100 layer of yumminess Sarah donuts. Jackson, am I right in thinking that this trip was your first experience of a 100 layer donut? Yes. How would you describe them to our listeners who've had the misfortune of never experiencing them? And it was a spiritual experience. <laughs> these These 100 layer donuts... Unlike anything I've ever eaten before. And, you know, true confession, I've already Googled to see if I can find them in Toronto when we return. We've had them not every day since we've been here. Every day since you had your first one. Every day since we had the first one. And I've realized we've needed to start ordering one for River as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Even though she doesn't eat them. Even though she doesn't eat them. But she is, may. She may. And who would want to starve their own child? No, I, not me. Right. Right. You're a great parent. And in fact, Alan, Sarah did say today that should I arrive to visit at any point without a box of cronuts with me, I may be turned back at the border. Will Canada let harsh. us bring in... Pastry. Pastry. They're not like an evil nation. Of course they'll let us bring in <laughs> Well, you know you're not allowed to bring food across the border. Yes, but just give the customs guy one of them and you're in. All right, we're going to start a smuggling business yes. across the border. Cronut smugglers. Mm. We ate many, 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 many great places this week. But I did want to get your opinion on DeSanos. Because to my memory, we haven't talked about DeSanos Italian bakery or pizzeria. I think they call themselves a bakery, but they're a pizza place. Yeah. And I think we've talked about it on the podcast. I thought we had. But well, even if we have, it's worthy of talking about it again. Sarah, we should probably get Ben on here to talk about pizza, but he's downstairs Tell us about your pizza experience. It was it was of Italian quality. It was... And have you been to Italy? Several times. Mm. We love pizza. We love Italy. We love Italian pizza. We love good food. And this checked all of those boxes. And it should taste like Italian pizza because the Italian buffalo mozzarella is flown in every week. And then the flour is shipped in from Italy. And the three ovens, which weigh 10,000 pounds each, were shipped in from Italy. So it's about as authentic as you're going to get without going to Italy. It's true. It was, 
it was fairly mind-blowing. And really, I don't even like pizza, but I like DeSano's pizza. And she ate a lot of pizza. Hey, I was sharing slow down. Pizza with slow her. down. <laughs> well, we did not bring you on the show to talk about food. You very generously agreed to come back on, talk about dreams. Um, Sarah was teaching this week on our School of Supernatural Life all about dreams. In fact, you have taught on every single school since its inception. Wow, can't believe it. Love it. Tell us how you got into dreams, because you're very passionate about it. Where did that journey begin? Um, I... I can remember dreams I had as a little kid, symbolic dreams, intense dreams from, you know, four or five years old, all growing up. We just remember these intense dreams. And I remember talking to people about them. I grew up in a charismatic church and I, I don't remember anyone ever once saying that God spoke through dreams today. And when I was 19 years old, I heard Mark Verkler's. Uh, speak on hearing the voice of God. And he just did a very small kind of section on just saying, oh, well, God speaks through dreams today. When I when I heard that, it just ignited something in me. I was mind blown. I was like, why has no one ever told me about this before? I want to know everything about it. So I started reading everything I could. I started listening to every um, teacher, every Christian resource out there, because the only stuff I'd ever heard was sort of new age stuff or psychoanalysis. And I, I thought, if God is speaking through dreams today, I want to be hearing what he's talking about. It is an interesting dichotomy really that the bible is filled with dreams yes and the bible is filled with god speaking through dreams yes and you know the first five chapters of the new testament got five dreams in them yeah i mean really significant dreams that basically the life of jesus depended on yes joseph listening to the dreams so there isn't really any debate amongst theologians that god spoke through dreams in the bible yeah but somehow We've disconnected that reality. When I say we, I mean, I grew up in the church, and I think today in the church circles that I might have moved in, it would be preposterous to imagine that God speaks today through dreams. Yes. So did you have any hurdles, intellectual or otherwise, to this, or you were just lit on fire with it? I think for me, I was lit on fire. I heard it. It resonated with me. I thought, I've always known that there was significance to the dreams I've had, and I... I, I want this. I feel like it's something that's been held back from me and I, I want it. Um, I realize a lot of people may have hurdles to believing God speaks in their dreams, partly because of how our culture um, values or doesn't value dreams. So for many people, they've been raised in a cultural environment which says dreams are not important and they only come after eating too much pizza. Which coincidentally enough we did eat a lot of pizza today so maybe tonight we will have dreams you know just disconnected from anything else except for the large amount of pizza we had for lunch but uh, i would like to say i didn't have a large amount of pizza i had a normal amount of pizza we were all there it might have been normal for an nfl linebacker hey <laughs> that's a sports analogy people i just made an american sports analogy do you understand it no i'm hoping that the linebackers are the big guys is that right <laughs> i don't know <laughs> okay <laughs> Um, I think the person who ate an entire pizza by himself shouldn't be talking. Hey, I'm an NFL linebacker. I'm uh, an athletic guy. You're, you're I need not. to feel my body. <laughs> okay, I can even finish that sentence. <laughs> On the topic of dreams, like long, one of my favorite verses has long been Job 33, verse 14. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, 
while deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering in their beds. He opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. So, you know, it's clear, as we already talked about, that God spoke to people in dreams in the Bible. Why are dreams so stinking confusing? Like, you would think if God's going to speak in a dream, it would be really, really clear. Why does he wrap things up in riddles? Because God loves mystery. He loves to play hide and seek with us, but hide and seek in the way that we play hide and seek with River. Um, you, you hide something in plain sight and she knows where you've hidden it and she's so excited to find it. And, you know, it's, I think it's his delight to be found by us. He's a God who speaks in mystery, in parables. When you look at Jesus in the New Testament, he spoke in parables time after time after time because he wanted to see if we had ears to hear. If we had hungry hearts, rather than just delivering it on a plate, saying, will you pursue me? Will you pursue understanding? And dreams invite us to enter deeper into relationship with God. They are not, dreams are not a, a slot machine side of God. They are an introduction, a, a call to intimacy, to know him more, because as we know him more, we will understand the mysteries of him more. Can you give me an example off the top of your head of a dream that God spoke to you that at first you didn't understand, but after it was interpreted, you were like, oh, God, that's brilliant. Well, a few years ago, I had a dream that I was at a wedding and attending as a guest. And as I came to the top of the aisle, uh, you know how you often have ushers who escort you down yeah. to your seat. Um, Prince William was the usher who was escorting me to my seat. And in the dream, I was deeply attracted to him. Just just every part of me was drawn towards him in attraction and desire. And he led me to my seat, which was right at the front. And I was a little unsure about whether that was my place, whether I should kind of be at the front. But he, he sat beside me and we were sort of, you know, talking and I was just feeling so attracted to him. And then they made an announcement at the wedding and they said, you know, for the people close to the bride, we are inviting you forward into sort of a very special sort of area so that you can really, you know, see and be part of what's happening. And I didn't, in the dream, I felt like, oh, that's probably not me. I don't think I should go forward. Oh, you know, I don't want to go, you know, I don't want to step out of place. And in the dream, Prince William was just like, yes, it's for you. And he drew me forward and we walked into this this new area. And, and as we sat on, on these seats, he said, oh, let me introduce me introduce you to my father, Prince Philip. And, you know, I, you know, I met Prince Philip and was chatting to him. And then the dream ended. And when I woke up, what was so vivid for me was was that sense of attraction and drawing and uh, really and desire for him. Now, you know, let me reassure you that in real life, I do not have deep desire toward <laughs> Prince William. I really like Ben, my husband. And as I was pondering the dream, I began to think about it. And I realized, of course, that Prince William was representing Jesus in the dream. He's a prince, my attraction, desire toward me, uh, toward him. And who was his, you know, who was his father? Um, of course, Father God. And God spoke to me. And at the time we were facing a decision where we'd been asked to take a, a significant position of leadership. And I was somewhat 
unsure and sort of feeling a little little insecure about it. Like, oh, I don't want to put myself forward. I don't want to be stepping into it if he, if God is not leading the way. And that dream was such a clear picture that it's not me putting myself forward, but Jesus, the one lead me, leading me into an, a place of intimacy, a place of prominence, and that him and his father are going to be seated next uh, beside me in that new thing. That's amazing. And of course, That's very cool. you were at a wedding and the, those who are closest to the bride, the bride of church, the church, all yes. spoke to the context you were speaking of. Exactly. Amazing. I love it. As you've been interpreting dreams for many, many years and studying dreams, do you find that there are repeating or, or common dreams that, you know, over the years of people are like, I've had a dream, can I share it with you? Do they fall into groups or patterns? Yes, in many ways, there are, I think there are common dreams that people have as they face, you know, similar situations in life. Um, you know, sometimes they're based around common themes. Sometimes they are common scenarios being played out. For example, um, bathroom dreams. Mm-hmm. A lot of people talk about, oh, I had this dream and I was, you know, I was going to the bathroom, but it was in public. You know, the everyone was looking at me, the walls were glass, you know, there were there were people around me or, you know, things were, you know, I was in the bathroom and, you know, like, what is that? Is that a weird dream? You know, why am I dreaming about the bathroom? And I think one of the things when we look at symbolic dreams is understanding, what is this a symbolic representation of? What do we do in this room, in this place, in our lives? Because symbolism is this huge, sort of intricate, complex gathering of pictures and symbols that each of us individually have acquired that is also referenced by the Bible. And, you know, what do we do in the bathroom? We get rid of waste. We get rid of the toxins that are in our body. So if someone comes to me and is sharing a bathroom dream, I'm wondering, okay, what are you in a season of cleansing? Are you in a season of cleansing where everybody around you is really, you know, aware of it? You know, what is God wanting to kind of get rid of in your life that maybe is a toxin that is holding you back in some way? I just wish people could see your arms as you're talking because you're so (laughs) expressive that if it was a video podcast, they would get an idea of just... My octopus all, arms? The octopus arms and... If we did a video podcast... <laughs> we'd have to be dressed Our viewership would drop dramatically. <laughs> it's very true. We won't do this to you people. We love you. We'd also have to tidy our room. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, I know this is an enormous topic, but are there basic steps that you have found through your study for dream interpretation? I mean, I know the answer to that is probably a podcast in and of itself, but have a stab at that. Yes. Gosh, where to begin? There's so many things, and I want to tell you it all so that you're not just um, operating out of a very small awareness. But firstly, I would say that there are three sources to our dreams. Um, God speaks in our dreams just as he speaks in our thoughts. Um, so the truth dreams, our heart speaks mes- messages to us in our dreams, and the enemy will sometimes send dreams to try and throw us off course. Um, and when we approach our dreams, really what we're wanting to be doing is connecting with the spirit of truth. And the Holy Spirit is the bringer of truth, and he's the one who brings clarity and understanding. So if you are wanting to understand your dreams pursue 
hearing God's voice, start asking him, Father, I want to understand my dreams. Would you speak to me about my dreams? If you know how to journal, journal your dreams um, and start asking him questions like why, why this and why not that? You know, primarily one of the first things to look at would be, are you in the dream, active and emotionally involved? When you look in the Bible, the, 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 the kind of outstanding feature for if the dream is a personal dream would be that you as the dreamer are active and involved in the dream. So if you're in that dream, then that dream is for you and about you and about your heart. And that, that's a helpful foundation to start from. Most of us have probably had dreams where we're like, well, you were in my dream and you were weird. You might have problems. I dreamt weird things about you. And we so quickly leap to that understanding or lack of understanding of like, oh, my dream was about you. When really that dream was about us and about our heart. And that person in the dream represented a part of who you are. Wow. So is a good question to ask, like if somebody turns up in your dream, is a good question to ask, what does that person mean to you? Like, would yes. that be an unfolding? That would be an excellent question. So what does this person mean to me? You know, I would, if if someone shared their dream with me, I would be asking, you know, who is that person? What is, describe them in five or 10 words. What is their job in life? So sometimes a person is representing, uh, it maybe it's their job role, you know, their, administrative, they're creative, they're passionate, they're pastoral, they're prophetic. You know, who are they and who are they represented to you in their life? One of the dreams that um, one of your listeners, Justin, sent in is a great example of this. He had two dreams. The first one where he was with Sean Bowles at his house, sitting at his kitchen table, chatting, enjoying each other's company. And he asked me what I wanted from him. And I said, I want to travel with you. I want to do prophetic ministry. I want to be your intern and be mentored by him. And he said, that's great. Let's do it. Uh, the second dream I was with Alan A.J. Jones, the two of you. Mm -hmm. Were we eating pizza? It doesn't say that you I were eating we were, pizza, though. but you may have been. You cronuts. Oh, cronuts. Stay on target. Oh, Stay wait, on target. Wait will, there, wait, will there be cronuts at the end of this podcast for me? No, but tomorrow morning I could take you to get another one. I love you. Thank you. I, I shall continue. Um, and you, he was sitting at the kitchen table with you, enjoying conversation. It was a great time of fellowship. So, you know, prime, my first question would be, okay, of who, who are these people? What do they represent to you? You know, do you know them personally? If not, what is what are the primary things about their life? Um, from looking at this dream, what I would begin to see see are some two common things. In both dreams, you're sitting at the kitchen table. What do you do in the kitchen? You prepare food in general. So my 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 feeling would be that this is a, a dream speaking of preparation um, that God is wanting to bring you in into in your life. And these people, Sean Bowles, Alan AJ represent the type of training and the type of preparation that God wants to do, do in you. And, you know, my, I would want to ask you questions, Justin, if you were sitting here, because I don't want to be the person putting the interpretation upon you because this, the interpretation needs to resonate with your spirit and with the Holy Spirit within you. But I, you know, my, 
initial guess would be, is it something to do with the prophetic? Both Sean, both Al and AJ carry the prophetic in an incredible way. And so I would begin to wonder, is is God t- leading you into a time of training, a time of preparation as a leader um, and in the prophetic? And if so, I would start asking him, show me the opportunities. I, I don't really think necessarily that these are going to be dreams that come to pass, but these are dreams that are symbolic dreams, these people representing something to you. Can I ask you a question about that? What percentage of dreams are literal and what percentage of dreams are perhaps more symbolic? So, it, you know, I, I find it interesting you're saying, I don't think this is literally going to happen, like you're literally going to be mentored by Sean or you're literally going to hang out with Helen AJ, but rather it's symbolic in nature. So how do you tell a difference between whether it's symbolic or literal and what what percentage? I'm sorry, I threw a bunch of questions at you all at once. Okay, lots of great questions. On average, 95% of your dreams are going to be for you and about you. 5% of your dreams are going to be about other people and are going to be prophetic, literal, coming to pass dreams, dreams of the future that, that happen in your life. Now, without chatting to Justin, I I wouldn't be able to find out if he has a history of dreams that come to pass. Right. You know, that would obviously perhaps alter my understanding of whether this is a God coming to pass dream or not. Um, but my kind of sort of baseline jumping off place would be Justin, you're in this dream, you're interacting this dream, this dream is about you, about your heart, and most of those dreams would be symbolic dreams. So, you know, I would start with that understanding, and if God unfolds anything more out of it, will you embrace that then? But generally speaking, most dreams are symbolic in nature. Yes. Right. Okay, brilliant. You know, you re- that was great. One of the things I love about having dreams interpreted by you, and you've throughout the years that I've known you, I mean, I even remember in 2003, I began having dreams about AJ. You were in authority over me. I was a student on the school. You were a staff member. Mm -hmm. You were also AJ's best friend. (laughs) And how ironic that I'm having dreams about AJ. And it was so confusing to my heart because I felt like God said, you're not, you know, you're not going to be meeting your wife this year. And yet I'm having these dreams that are causing my heart to wake up. And you were so brilliant at not saying this is what your dream means. But rather, you use the same techniques you see Jesus in the New Testament of dr- of just asking questions and allowing the revelation of the dream to percolate in the dreamer's heart, and you would draw it out. It's such a gift that you have, Sarah. We asked a bunch of our well, we put it on Twitter and said, "Hey, you know, we're going to have Sarah Jackson. If you have a dream you'd like interpreted, we got an overwhelming response of of dreams, and we asked Sarah to just uh, pick some. And so, Sarah, do you have another? Another dream that you want to read out? Yeah, I have a few. I'm so sorry, everybody, that I couldn't um, go through them all. Some of you sent wonderful, intense, interesting dreams. And, you know, to be honest, all of them I felt like had meaning and are worth pursuing, worth asking God to unfold revelation for you. So I've just picked some snippets here, um, partly because they're themes and common themes that hopefully will bring understanding to a wider group of you. Uh, Michelle, Michelle Anderson, you sent in a dream um, and there's several really interesting things about the dreams that you sent in. Basically, over the past three years, uh, you said that you'd had a, a reoccurring dream that your driver's license was stolen from your wallet. 
uh, and you you felt sad and violated that someone would steal from you. You'd uh, and two weeks ago you had a similar dream, except this time your driver's license and two major credit cards were missing. And in your dream, you're telling people how sad, frustrated that you are, and. You know, firstly, if you have a reoccurring dream, that is a, a message dream. And I would encourage you to pursue understanding of that dream. Uh, um, a dream that be, that comes many times with a, a very, very similar theme is a message that, that either God or your heart is trying to communicate with you. And it is worth listening to. It is worth asking the Holy Spirit to unveil and reveal the mystery of it. Um, in regards to, you know, having your driver's license stolen, I would begin to ask, you know, what, you know, what does that represent? You know, let's think of that as a symbol. What, you know, your driver's license, it proves your identity. It gives you privileges. It, you know, it, 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 it shows other people you are who you say you are. And if, if you look at that as a metaphor, I would begin to ask, are there areas in your life that you feel some of your identity, whether it's your ideas, your passions, your convictions, your your ability to say yes or no, is being taken from you, is being, you know, you, you feel unable to, you know, some, something about you is is being taken away. And in some ways I would, I would say this may be a warning dream trying to show you a dynamic or a pattern that is going on in your life. Primarily I would say as well, you, who you are is valuable. You know, you are, you are an incredibly valuable person. And I would ask the Holy Spirit, is there some part of my life or my identity that is, that is under threat? You know, you use the word violated. That's a strong word. And, and, you know, that when someone steals from us, when someone takes from us, you know, it's not just speaking about your driver's license, but it could be speaking about, you know, emotionally or spiritually or physically. And I would be asking the Holy Spirit, you know, what what's going on in my life? Is there any way that I feel like this in my life? Is there any way this is happening? And I've been unaware of something that you would like to show me. That's amazing. All right, give us another listener's dream. Okay, Molly. Molly had a really interesting house dream. Um, Molly, you actually had three dreams, um, all with the same theme. The first one was a house dream. And Molly, I just feel like these dreams are dreams that are important to listen to. The first one, you drove up to a large two to three story house. It's old, stately, recently renovated. It's painted a dark mahogany and the painters are painting thin red lines along the trim. You notice it's really dark and unusual color scheme, but it's striking and you realize it's your house. As you're absorbing how you feel about that, you feel a bit overwhelmed and impressed and are getting used to the how striking it is. And as you walk around the back, a neighbor comes to congratulate you on the work and asks, where, when are they going to work on the back? And as she has to look at it every day. And as you turn the corner in the back of the house, is blown off, splintered, and you're wondering why are the painters painting trim on the front when the house is destroyed? 
Then you have two more dreams, one in which you're having your hair cut and they they basically, the front is intact, but when you turn around, it's all hacked off at the back. And then a third dream, a friend of a friend from a church in middle school is cutting your back with a razor and you're horrified as you realize it is intentional and you have hit huge razor cuts all over your back and sides. Now, sometimes symbolism can be pretty intensive. It can be a little kind of, whoa, that what on earth does that mean? It's overwhelming, it's intense, and it, all, it can almost feel a little bit scary. Um, but when when dreams come with the same theme, like I said before, you want to be, you want to look at them. And um, Math, uh, Jesus talked in Matthew about um, using the symbolism of our lives being like a house built on the rock or built on the sand. And in dreams, our houses will op- often represent our lives and who we are, which is so interesting to think about. Um, when you look at a house, what, is, what does it look like on the inside, on the outside? Is it dark? Is it light? All, you know, things like that. When you think about this being a symbolic representation of you. And a few things, you know, I'd love to ask you questions, Molly, about this because, you know, it's such interesting dreams. And, you know, there are several different ways or several different roads you could go down in interpretation, and which is why it's so important to ask questions, because it's not me being having all knowledge, putting it on you, but it's me hoping to draw out what is in your heart. Um, one of the first things that really stru- struck me was as you realized the house was yours, you know, it felt, I wondered if, oh, you're, you're in a season where you are embracing who God has made you to be. I mean, when I, I've, you know, I don't really know you at all, Molly, but when I look at the description of this house, it would seem to, you know, I would just, you know, throw it out there that you are probably a strong, dynamic, bold woman who is not necessarily led, you know, a conventional life necessarily, that you have, you know, there's an intensity of life in you. And I've, you know, I would wonder and I and I would ask you if, if I was chatting to you now, sort of, are you in a season where you are accepting and embracing the identity God has given you? Now, the the reoccurring theme in these three dreams is of the back, something at the back being sort of cut off or, you know, bl- you know, the house, back of the house being blown off. And so I'd want to ask you, you know, potentially there are different directions you could go in in interpretation and trying to discover the meaning of this dream. You know, sometimes if there's things happening at the back, it might be a message to watch your back. Um, but I would, looking at these dreams, I might... I might ask you, you know, is there something either in your past or or something that you're carrying in yourself that is an area of maybe wounding or pain that is that is in some ways causing you a vulnerability in 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 the back. It's sort of an open area for you. Uh, I would ask you know, in the third dream with the razor blades, it talks about a friend of a friend from church in middle school. What happened in that season of your life? Is that reference giving you a time frame for something that God wants to speak to you about in this? Now, God is not intimidated by areas in us that need work, that he He is, he is full of hope and life for us. And, uh, you know, I 
at one point in the house dream, you say, you know, when are they going to, someone says, when are they going to begin to work on the back? And I just felt, oh, there's, there's a real message of hope and full restoration in this dream. And, you know, I would begin asking the Holy Spirit, you know, what's, what's, what's happening? Is there something that has been taken from me? Because if you notice the hairdresser took from you really without your choice, um, and those would be the sort of questions that I would be asking. Um, sorry that I, you know, I wish I had you in here yourself, Molly. That's awesome. Was there any other ones that you had that sort of stood out to you in terms of relating to a bunch of people or? Um, not necessarily. There was another, um, one of your listeners shared a dream about a house again. And in this one, they were in a house by the sea and they basically saw a huge wave coming in from the sea and it was as big as a house and looked like a wall of water. Now, you know, that that's a symbol of something. And in the dream, they shut the doors and they um, ran upstairs and waited for the wave to hit, standing between the hall and the bedroom. And they hugged uh, her and her husband hugged as they hit, as it hit. And the wave rattled the house, but no water came in. The house was so strong and sturdy that it stayed up. So again, I would be looking at that house in the dream as a representation of their life and whether something had already happened or was about to happen where, you know, that that wave, that water, that that could be something that could destroy the house, that could shake the house immensely. But in the dream, as they sort of hunker down, that 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 wave doesn't even shake the house. I find it interesting that they're between the hall and the bedroom. You know, are they in a place of transition? You know, I would I would wonder what's happening in your lives, and even in their relationship, are you in a place of transition? Is there is there an element of reconnection happening between her and her husband? Uh, just always ask questions why is it a, why are we in a house and not in a hotel why why am i on a bike and not in a car one of you one of your listeners sent in a, a dream about you know being going on a cruise ship and again you know if you think about vehicles being sort of a symbol of our life journey how does you know if you're on a bike a little pedal bike and that's a lot of effort and you're there alone you know if you're in a car Again, there's a few people in there with you. If you're on a ship, that's um, I would think that's speaking of something, you know, you're part of something that is much bigger. You know, mm-hmm. is that speaking of a, you know, school ministry? I don't know something that you're involved with. I had heard somebody say that the v- vehicles often represent ministries or type of ministries. Yes. But so from what you're saying, that's not like it doesn't seem like you can carte blanche say vehicles always represent ministry. You know fish always represent that you know what I mean like you I love how you're still partnering with the Holy Spirit in the midst of it and saying okay well what is that what does that thing actually mean to you because if I have a dream about a fly fisherman or something that's probably going to mean something very different than if somebody who's lived on a river and seen a fly fisherman their whole life yes so oh symbolism is when you look in the Bible there there is so much symbolism and for example, if you think about a lion, 
most of us, you know, would immediately say, oh, the lion of the tribe of Judah, that's representing Jesus. But the Bible also speaks about that lion that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is not representing Jesus. That's re- representing the devil. So it's still a lion, but it's a different, it, it's different elements of that symbol mm-hmm. um, that are being used. And that is why we have to rely on the Holy Spirit. We have to ask him, be in relationship with him, ask him questions. He loves being asked questions. But I, I love that because it doesn't allow you to put God in a box. You yes. have to stay in relationship yes. and you have to go back and ask him questions. You can't just have a chart that says this always means this and this always means that, No, which I think is great. Give us one more dream, sir. Sometimes dreams can be very um, scary. M- most of you have probably had bad dreams, nightmares, dreams that cause you to freak out. And it's fascinating. You know, the Bible talks about those sorts of dreams, you know, dreams that wake you in the night, that cause your bones to shake. And many of us can either dismiss those dreams without realizing that there are a lot of causes for bad dreams, for scary dreams, um, whether it's trauma, whether it's grief, whether it's a processing of events in our lives, um, whether it's messages that we've not listen to and God is sending us warning dreams to, to to try and catch our attention to protect us from you know from choices that are going to bring great destruction in our lives or whether it's just the cry of our unhealed hearts just waving a hand saying hey take notice of me I you know I'm in pain I need your attention and your help um Caroline sent in an email, uh, sent in a dream that, you know, you don't really say in, in the email, Caroline, as to how, how scary this dream was, but you mentioned that your, your aunt and uncle's house where your family vacations, it's nighttime, everything's very still, but you know, there's lots of people around and they're all hiding from something. And you quickly try to find a place to hide as well, because you don't want to encounter what everyone's hiding from. When you found a place to hide, you see a baby crawling across the yard and you quickly go into babysitter mode and get out of your hiding place to save the baby, um, only to discover that the baby is what everyone else was hiding from. And as soon as you pick it up, it looks at you and in an adult voice says, what are you doing? The baby then proceeds to yell profanity at me. So I run away and then I wake up man, that is an interesting dream. And, you know, I would, I would begin to, you know, to ask you lots of questions. So Caroline, I I would start to say, you know, your, your aunt and uncle's lake house in East Tennessee, where your family vacations, you know, what, what does that speak to you of? Is it a safe place? Is it a place with, with good memories? You know, do you have close relationship with your aunt and uncle? What, what's the context of that dream? And probably an, the next question or maybe the first question I would ask would be, when did you have this dream? And, you know, maybe this is a point I should have thrown in earlier, but timing is really important with our dreams. You know, God speaks to us. Um, Daniel said to King Nebuchadnezzar that God speaks to us about the thoughts of our heart. If you don't know what the thoughts of your heart are, it, it may take you a while to unravel your dreams. So, you know, the timing of this dream is important. So I would ask you, what has, what have been the thoughts of your heart recently? What has been on your mind? What are the things going around inside? You know, in the dream you're hiding, is there any way in your life right now that you're feeling like you need to hide, that you're feeling under pressure to do something that you don't really understand? 
the the baby in the dream often babies speak of new things of innocent things and in it, in this dream what feels a little freaky is that the baby is not acting as a baby would that that's, that can be a little weird there's so many horror movies where little children don't act like right. children. Exactly. <laughs> and half of you have probably watched one of those and then dreamed and night- had a nightmare about it. <laughs> but, you know, it's important to know that what we see and what we take in affects our hearts and lives and our dreams will begin to represent that. You know, you may be able to hide it from other people during the day, but what you, what input you receive will, is affecting your heart and your spirit and your mind and your emotions. But in this dream, you know, you pick up this baby and and it has an adult voice. And so I would be asking kind of, you know, what is there a new thing in your life that feels like it's much more developed than it should be? Is there something that uh, has kind of intimidated a lot of people in the dream it feels like initially you have the confidence to go and you know maybe you have the innocence to to kind of address it and so I'd be asking is there is there something that you know is scaring you is that you've been hiding from that that you've been influenced by recently that God may be wanting to speak to you about what I love about all of these things is that it's not, as AJ alluded to earlier, it's not you look up a dictionary and work your way through the symbolism, but it's unique to the dreamer. And in the same way that God gives you the dream, you actually need God to interpret the dream. Yeah, it requires relationship. And what I love about your approach, Sarah, is that you know you, you apply the wisdom that God's given you in, in teasing out the answers from the dreamer's heart. I love that. If people are listening to this and perhaps they've never considered that God's speaking to them in their dreams, what are some great resources that you could direct them to to help them start their journey into understanding dreams? Uh, the first one that I'd recommend would be uh, a book by James Gall called Dream Language. It is a great book for beginners. It's really accessible. It lays out a foundation that everyone can understand and then begins to lead you in some great sort of kind of starter tools of how how you start to un- unravel your dreams. Um, another book that I would really recommend is, is by Cindy McGill, and it's called What Your Dreams Are Telling You. And uh, Cindy does a lot of dream interpretation um, as a Christian, uh, but in lots of secular environments, and is, is a quite a refreshing um, take on dreams, especially if you have a passion for interpreting dreams um, for people who are not yet Christians or want want to do that as um, in the marketplace, kind yes, of stuff, exactly. Right? So she's got great language to use, um, but awesome. Really recommend it. Uh, John Paul Jackson stuff, really good. Jane Hammond's book, Dreams and Visions, excellent. One day I'll uh, I'll write a book, and then you you can. Uh, oh, that's right. We recorded that. that book. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, thank you, Sarah, for being with us, not only um, teaching at the school this week, but also being on our podcast. As I said earlier, Sarah is one of our guest speakers in the school. She's been there every year. And if you would love to hear more from Sarah, we'd love you to consider coming to our school. You can find more information about our school at schoolofsupernaturallife.org. 
Thank you to everybody who sent in dreams and questions. We're sorry there wasn't time to get to everybody's dreams, but hopefully this has been an encouragement and a starting point. And we will see you. Anon. We will see you next week. Next week. <laughs> we love you. Get yourself a cronut or a hundred layer donut or something yummy. Mm.